Amen. Amen. So tonight, guys, we're going to be talking about I am ready. I don't know about y'all, but Pastor Edwin, I mean, he just, I mean, Pastor Sean, they just tell us to do, do simple stuff. And if you do simple stuff, then things can kind of have, work out for you. But it's just like pick something to read about. So I was studying about the right hand of God and how the right hand is a place of honor and, you know, it's a place of establishment and all that. And then I was like, and I was reading the part of like, okay, I'm blessed. I'm ready. I'm winning. I'm like, what in the world does it mean to be ready? Like, you are ready. The Lord says, I'm ready, but what does that look like? What does that mean? And so that's what, that was my hang up this week. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight uh, uh, very briefly. All right. So think about this question, right? How did your life begin? All right. How did your life with God begin? Did you, did you have to work hard for your new life or did you simply respond to God's message for you? Did you have to work for it? Did you have to go out and do X, Y, and Z before you got into a new life? Or did you just respond to the message that was presented? If you look at that, you know that you just simply responded to God's word for you, right? You responded to the invitation for eternal life. For me, I was sitting at Mons Chapel Baptist Church in Prescott, Arkansas. When I responded to the call of salvation, when they had them two chairs out, and I had to make sure that I made it up there to get in one of them chairs, because I didn't want the seats to heaven to be filled, and I didn't get to access it that weekend, you know? So I responded to the invitation. I responded to the word. And you, when you respond to that word, that's what got you eternal life. That's what got you salvation. So it's not anything that I did that got me ready. It was my response that got me ready. It was my willing to receive what God had presented that made me ready. In Galatians 3, it says this, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? How did you receive it? And so when God is talking about us being ready, it isn't going to be about preparation that you do on your part per se, right? It's going to be about your ability to receive the word that he has presented in your life. Let's keep going. It says, some people have responded to the request, but they still don't receive. And why don't people still, why aren't people ready, right? The opposite of being ready is unprepared. Why do we still have believers who are unprepared? Why do we have people who are going to read the prophecy or the guiding word for 2022 that says you are blessed, you are ready, you win, but they're still going to be unprepared? Why? Has God changed his mind about me being ready? No, he hasn't. It's the fact that you have not responded to the spirit. And so when we stop listening to Holy Spirit and we begin to respond to our flesh, it takes us out of preparation. It takes out, us out of being ready to be an unprepared. Every decision I make in my flesh causes me to be unprepared. Every decision that I make in the word causes me to be ready. So when we're saying I am ready, what I am committing to do is believe in God. What I'm committing to do is being willing to do what God has for me to do. It says, you have taken the promises of God, received them for your life and envision yourself and join them, but you attempt to accomplish the promise of God by your own effort. And so, so many of us will go through this year trying to make 
the, the blessings that pile on top of each other, right? That part of it. As your victories pile up through this year, you're going to try to make victories in your flesh. And in your flesh, you're unprepared. You're not doing it God's way. Therefore, you're not going to see, you're going to forfeit the power of the anointing. You're going to forfeit the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to forfeit the, the covenant of the blessing because you choose to do it your own way. Go ahead and say that. Say, I will not choose to do it my own way. I will not choose to do it my own way. Galatians 3 and 3 says it this way. Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Let me put that in layman's term. Are you trying to become ready by your own effort instead of depending on Holy Spirit? Are you trying to become blessed in your own effort instead of depending on the Holy Spirit? Are you trying to win in your own effort instead of depending on the Holy Spirit? It's that God saying the thing that I have begun in you I will finish it. Don't be foolish and think that you can do it without me. Right? Don't be foolish and think that you can do it without me. So let's look at that part of the uh, guiding word real quick. It says, for I am in the midst of all concerning thee. For these are the days that I have prepared for you. You are blessed. You are ready. And you shall win. It says, I am the Lord your God, and if you do what? If you regard my words, I will take you farther than you have ever known. And so what we got to realize tonight, what we'll talk about is this. We are not made ready by preparation alone. I don't want, and I had to put in preparation, I had to put alone in the parentheses, because I don't think that you can just be out there all willy-nilly, right? And not doing anything to hone your skills, not doing anything to improve who you are or anything like that. That is not what Pastor Rapp is saying. I'm saying we are not made ready by preparation alone, but we are made ready by choosing to do two things, to believe and to be willing. Say that, say, I believe and I am willing because that's what it's going to take for me to be ready. God has called you ready, but to be in a sense to be ready requires you to do two things, to believe and to be willing. And I have my, oh, let me stick my phone over real quick. My folder. Because uh, I wrote down a note somewhere in another folder. That word ready, uh, where did I write it? I wrote it somewhere. Okay, that word ready means to be in a suitable state for an activity, for an action, or for a situation. It means to be fully prepared. So when you're making the confession that says, I am ready, what you're saying is, God, I'm in a suitable state. I am ready for activity. I am ready for the action. I am ready for the situation. I am fully prepared. That's what we're saying as we begin to say, I am blessed, I am ready, I win. And so to be ready, we got to understand that to be ready means to be in a suitable state, fully prepared. So I, so I love that. I am blessed, I am fully prepared. I am blessed, I am in, uh, I am blessed, I'm in a suitable state, right? And that's where God has put us. And we're not there because of our preparation. 
we are there because that's what God has called has called us to be, right? This year, there'll be jobs, there'll be opportunities, there'll be relationships, there'll be locations to move to, uh, there'll be businesses and activities that your preparation and your training has not prepared you for, but God has called you to it. And it's not the fact that you got a four-year degree or a six-year degree, a master's or a doctorate that prepares you for it. What prepares you for it is the fact that God has called you to it. That's what made you ready. But so many times we are, that's what Jeremiah, I mean, Galatians 3 and 3 was talking about. It's like you go back to the reflesh to, to finish a thing that God has already started. You're looking at your credentials to make you qualify. You are suitable. You are prepared, uh, fully prepared for this situation and this activity. That's right, Pastor Evan, obedience prepares you. It says you're ready if you choose to be believe if you choose to believe and be willing. Being ready isn't about your own efforts. Being ready isn't about your own effort. It isn't about your knowledge. It isn't about the fact that others consider you to be a subject area expert, right? It doesn't matter how great you are in something. And it also doesn't matter how, how not great you are in something, right? Think about Moses. Moses like, I can lead these people. I mean, Noah had never built a boat. It, it didn't matter about your experience. It matters about your willingness, right? Moses was willing. Noah was willing. They chose to believe the word of God and they made themselves willing. Therefore, they were ready. They were fully prepared for the situation, for the activity that was set in front of them. It wasn't any experience Noah could have had that would have prepared him for that, right? There was no water. There was no need for the boat, right? Well, there was water, but there was no need for the boat in his situation. So he didn't have experience building boats, but he was willing and he was ready. He, he believed God and he was willing. Therefore, he was ready. That's what made him ready. And when we say ready, we need to be like Mary, right? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. we got to be like Mary. Uh, I'm not going to, I didn't put Luke 31, 26 to 38 in the notes. So they're not going to be able to put all this on the screen, but I'll read it through it real quick. It says, six months after Elizabeth had become pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee. The angel went to a virgin promised in marriage to the descendant of David named Joseph. The angel went to a virgin promised in marriage to a descendant of David named Joseph. The virgin name was Mary. When the angel entered her home, he greeted her and said, you are favored by the Lord. The Lord is with you already. Mary was already made ready, but Mary had a decision to make. And did she believe she was ready? See, God has made you ready when he formed you in your mother's belly. In Genesis 1 and 26, when he formed man from the dust of the world, man was ready. He put Adam in the earth with everything Adam ever needed to do everything that God actually wanted him to do, which was to do. So do, multiply, have dominion, right? That's what God wanted him to do over there in Genesis 1. You were made ready, but now because sin entered the world, we got to choose to be ready. Does that make sense? You were made ready, but you got to accept that calling to be ready. 
And verse 28, it says, when the angel entered her home, she greeted her and said, you are favored by the Lord. The Lord is with you. You were startled by what the angel, she was startled by what the angel said and tried to figure out what was this greeting meant. So Mary like, hold on now. You're saying I'm favored. You're saying God sees me in a, in a great way. What you talking about, angel? And that, in verse 30, the angel told her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. He reiterated, hey, you got God's favor on your life. You will become pregnant. Now, I can only imagine what Mary's thinking at this point. She's like, I'm a virgin. How am I going to be pregnant? You'll give birth to a son and name him Jesus. He will be a great man and he will be called the son of the most high, right? It says the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor. And it talks about some more things. In verse 34, Mary started considering her own situation. Mary said, hold on, she asked the angel, how can this be? Hold up, angel, I'm a virgin. In other words, Mary made a point of stating, I'm unprepared. She's saying, I'm not ready, why? Because in the earthly sense, Mary's saying, all this can't take place because I'm unprepared. I'm not suitable, I'm not in a suitable state for this situation, why? Because I haven't been with a man. And so, so many times in life, we begin to discount God, right? When we begin to operate in our flesh, it causes us to be what? Unprepared. It causes us to reject the readiness the, that's been made available to us by God before we are ever formed in our mother's womb. The angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come on you, uh, Mary, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the holy child developing on the inside of you will be called the son of God. And Elizabeth, your relative, is six months pregnant with her, a son in her old age. People said she couldn't even have a kid, but nothing is impossible for God. Then this is what verse 38 did. This is how Mary became ready, right? Because you can be unprepared in life. You could be traveling a path where you're not suitable, where you're not ready for the situation, where you're not fully prepared. But you, if you just do what Mary did in verse 38, it said, Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. Let everything you said happen to me. Then the angel left her. Mary said, look, God, I believe the word and I'm willing. That's basically what she says. I believe the word and I'm willing. I believe the word and I'm willing. And that's all it took for Mary now to be what? Ready. What was ready mean? She was in a suitable state for the activity. What was that activity? Bearing Jesus. What was that activity? Being pregnant. She was suitable for the action, for the situation. She was fully prepared. What prepared her? What made her ready? The acceptance. She believed in the word and she was willing. What did she willingly do? give her life, give her will, and give her body. She gave over, because, I mean, we don't think about it, but Mary might have been like, hmm, I want to marry Joseph and be chill for a year or two before we have kids. Hey, me and April were married 10 years before we had kids. Mary had to give up her plans. Being ready means that you got to give up your plans sometimes. Being ready means that you got to give up your will sometimes. Being ready means that you got to give up your life. You got to take up your cross and you got to follow God. See, Mary couldn't just say when we choose to believe God, when we choose to say that we're willing, what we're choosing to say is, God, have it your way, right? 
It ain't Burger King over in the kingdom. You don't get to have it your way. We have it the king's way when we truly follow God, all right? So the angel told Mary the same thing that the guiding word is telling us today. You are ready. Her readiness had nothing to do with what she could do naturally, but everything to do with what she chose to believe and what she was willing to give God access to. What are you willing to give God access to, right? Because to be, to be ready means God has full access to our whole life. Some of y'all are not techies, but some of the techies are understand this, right? When you buy a hard drive, you can buy a hard drive and uh, I'll make it plain for you. Like you think of a hard drive, like you think of a storage building, right? Let me just use a storage building for the example for our confused people. Think of a storage building. The storage building has 10 storage units in it, right? And what a lot of us want to do, we want to give God seven out of 10 storage units, right? But we don't want to give God our whole life. We give God eight out of the 10 storage units and we feel like we've sanctified and we full of the Holy Spirit. But because we lack to give God all of it, then the full preparedness that God has available for us, then we can't walk in a manifestation of that because we don't give God everything. Mary had to choose to give God everything because what we don't understand or some of us understands is that it wasn't convenient for Mary to say yes to God. And being ready isn't going to be convenient to you. Being ready isn't going to be something that, that just makes your life happy all the time, right? It isn't something that's going to appeal to your flesh. The promise of giving birth to a child, that was beyond Mary's ability, but she was ready. There are things that God's calling you to this year that's beyond your abilities, but you ready? Marriage for some of you, you may feel like it's beyond your abilities, but you ready if God told you you're ready. I mean, don't just be out there marrying folks. Uh, yeah, don't be just out there. I have to put that caveat out there. Don't, don't just be out there marrying folks. Make sure you hear God. Bring them around your tribe. If you got, if your picker broken, show sure enough, bring them around your tribe. Let other people vet them. Don't get so booed up and infatuated by that person that you don't let other people give you some feedback. And when they give you feedback, don't be stupid and just reject the word that they give you. Listen to what they have to say, right? You listen to them on other stuff. Listen to them about the person that you want to marry. All right. That's a side note. This ain't marriage class 101, but I just want y'all to know. All right. So Mary also was like, I ain't never been with a man. I'm still a virgin. But here's the thing. She was ready. What made her ready? The fact that she was willing and the fact that she believed God. <laughs> Man, y'all so funny uh, with the side eyes. <laughs> yeah, stupid is a choice. And when I say it, as if any of y'all know me, y'all know I don't, it's not my, my, my nature to criticize or put people down, right? Being ignorant means that you're without knowledge. Being stupid means you have the knowledge and you choose not to apply. For example, I cooked lunch for my family today. If I put my hand on the stove after I had just finished preparing lunch, that would be stupid. You know why that's stupid? I have knowledge that tells me it will burn me, but I still choose to put my hand on the oven. That's how we are with the things in life. I mean, we're stupid. Like God told us, if you sin, it has consequences. Then we out here sinning and life is beating a fool out of us. We don't know how we're making it. And, 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 and 
And we're like, what happened? We're just stupid. We haven't applied the knowledge that God has provided for us. We unprepared. That being stupid is just being unprepared. So anyway, let's keep going. So Mary had to consider everything, right? You, you just didn't show up pregnant and think all would be well. She she had to think, okay, uh, it's a lot of stupid going on in the world, right? But when Mary accepted that, that calling to be ready, being ready isn't convenient. Go ahead and type that. Being ready isn't convenient. Being ready isn't convenient. The promise of giving birth to a child was very inconvenient and it was disruptive to Mary's life. She was engaged to get married and those times were a lot different than today's time. You know, heck, in today's time, you may show up to your, your wedding six months pregnant and it ain't nothing to that, right? I mean, everybody, oh, girl, she just got knocked up. Yo, I mean, that's just part of today's society, right? But in Mary's time, it wasn't like that. When you were engaged, being engaged was seen as being married. And to be and to have sex and get pregnant prior to getting married uh, could lead you to being stoned to death, right? See, today we like, oh, so a few people going to talk about me on Instagram or something like that. Or we may say, well, you know what? She wasn't the first one to get pregnant before she get married. She won't be the last one. We, 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 we made it so convenient, but you got to understand in Mary's time, it was a life or death situation. So Mary, when she began to agree and believe God, she had to agree that God would not only give, make her pregnant, but God will preserve her life. And see, part of being ready is so much more than, than, than just convenience. It's about saying, God, I trust you with my life. I trust you that if you put Jesus in my belly, I trust you that I become pregnant without knowing a man, that then you're now going to protect me from being stoned by the community and by the laws in which we live today. Because when, when God makes you ready, he already is aware of all the laws. He's aware of what the bank has to say. He's aware of everybody in your life. He's aware of all those things. So he was already fully prepared, right? God was ready to take care of everything when Mary said yes. So when Mary chose to believe God, when Mary was chose to be willing to with her body, God had already taken care of everything. So when I am saying I am ready to God, what I am saying is, God, I know you got it all taken care of. God, there's nothing that I can even consider about a situation that you have not already thought about. So I thank you that Joseph going to line up. I thank you that the community going to line up. I thank you that the situation is going to work out on my behalf. God, I thank you for that, right? I trust you, Lord. So Mary had to consider all of this. I'm sure she asked herself a couple of times, am I really ready? Am I really prepared? But I love Luke 1 and 38, the way she answers it in the message translation. It says, and did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son? Old as she is, everyone called her barren. And, her, and here she is six months pregnant. Nothing you see is what? Impossible with God. And Mary says, yes, I see it all now. At that moment, Mary said, hey, I love what the angel does there. The angel gave her, uh, as what we call it, some re, some weak, oh man, uh, let me calm down. We remember. Because otherwise, I'm about to say two W, we will remember. We remember, right? 
the angel gave her some we remember moments. He said, look at, look at your cousin Elizabeth over there. You know, they said that she was dried up and barren. She would never have a, a, a kid. Her, her, her ovaries and uterus was like prunes. That, that stuff wasn't working no more. You know, that's what they used to say about Elizabeth. But he said, check it out. Elizabeth is over there six months pregnant. And then he reminded her, nothing you see is impossible to God. Nothing you see is impossible to God. She wasn't seeing with her physical eyes because Elizabeth wasn't there with her. She was seeing through her spirit man. She was seeing through the spirit. Why? Elizabeth ain't there. She didn't look. She wasn't able to FaceTime Elizabeth. Apple didn't exist. She wasn't able to get on Google and Zoom and, 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 and say, Elizabeth, let me see the bump on your belly. Let me see your baby bump. She wasn't able to do that. Why? Because it didn't exist in her spirit. She said, yes, I see it all now. She began to use the creative powers that God had given her back in Genesis 1 and 26. Genesis 1 to be able to create what God had downloaded inside of her. She says, yes, God, I see it now. And because she saw it, li listen to her words that came next. I'm the Lord's maid. I'm ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. And then the angel said, you know what? I can leave now. I, she, why? Because I, I go back to how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the word of God. And how can they have hear have the word of God unless they have a preacher? That preacher came up in there and said, Mary, re, do you remember when Elizabeth was dried up and barren? Do you remember? Well, baby, she ain't no more. She got a baby on the inside of her, see it in the spirit. And it and Mary said, I see it all now. I see it all now. Why? Because she chose to receive the word that was presented to her. Are you receiving the word that's presented to you? Are you going to the place that God has called you to go? Or are you letting the fact that a uterus was dried up keep you from bearing? Davina pregnant now, praise the Lord. Listen, it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. That word in Luke 1 and 38, it says, nothing you see is impossible with God. Nothing. And when we choose to partner with that, that's when we're ready. It says, uh, now, being ready will test your priorities. Being ready will test your confidence and it will test your reputation because Mary had all of that on the line. Being ready will go against what you know naturally because look look at Joseph, right? We don't, we don't always talk about Joseph. Joseph is engaged, right? And in that time, I told you engagement is like being married. He loves Mary and he doesn't want Mary to be stoned to death. However, the only way he knows, right, the only way Joseph knows that a baby can enter the earth is that a woman has to be with a man. Joseph wasn't ready because Joseph in his heart decides secretly that he wanted to divorce Mary. He wasn't ready. He says, this ain't right. I, I, I can't do this. Joseph, like most of us, like this just too much. It's too much. It's too much. I'm going to just go lay down and take a nap. That's what Joseph did. You know, uh, when stuff gets too heavy, sometimes you just go down. You're like, let me just go take a nap. And while Joseph was still sleeping on this thing, let's look at, look at what Matthew 1 says. Verse 20. It says, 
do not be afraid to take your wife Mary home, for what has been conceived in her is by Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All right? That's what's going on while Joseph's sleeping, right? Joseph went to sleep because he's like, this is too heavy. This is too much. This is too much now. Let me just go take a nap. And so in his nap, this is what happened. And then I love what happened in Matthew 1.25. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called him, called his name Jesus. Though Joseph wasn't ready at first, a word from God made him ready. A word, a word from God can make you ready. What does that word ready mean? A word from God can make you suitable for an activity. It can make you suitable for action. It can make you suitable for the situation. A word from God makes you fully prepared. So though Joseph wasn't ready at first, though Joseph went to sleep with one way, he woke up another way after having heard the word. A lot of us are not prepared because we don't choose to hear the word. We don't study the word. We don't, we don't listen to the word regularly. And even if we do, we don't meditate on the word long enough for it to change the way that we think. And because we don't, because we think that we think with our minds, but that's wrong. We think from our hearts. Because from the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth thinks, I mean, his mouth speaks. From a man's heart flows all the issues of life. And because we don't spend enough time in the word of God, putting the word on the situation, then what happens is we don't drive out foolishness. We don't drive out stupidity. And we still keep giving God only eight out of the 10 storage units. And we keep two storage units full of junk, full of mess, full of ignorance, full of stupidity, full of all those things our flesh doesn't want to give up, right? Because on the hedonist side of us, we want our flesh to be happy. So God, I give you eight units, but two units I got to fill my flesh with. And it is those two units that keep you from walking in the fullness of what God has for you. Why? Because being ready isn't about being in being convenient. Being ready isn't about your reputation. Being ready isn't about all that. Being ready says, I give it all to God because Joseph was willing to be criticized. How are you going to marry this woman who pregnant with a baby that ain't yours? And then after you marry her, you ain't even having sex with her. Joseph, what's wrong with you? But when you accept the word of God, it'll prepare you, right? It causes you to be fully prepared. So with that word, Joseph got to marry her was also in that word encapsulated in that word was a confidence that he needed to sustain through the times when everybody thought he was crazy. When they all thought Noah was crazy in that word, when he accepted that word and became fully prepared, encapsulated in that word was everything Noah needed to get rid of the naysayers and continue to follow God. Because as long as Noah was believing and willing, as long as Joseph was believing and willing, every single thing he needed was provided for him. All right, let's keep going. It says, with the word and the Holy Spirit, the impossible becomes flesh. With the word and the Holy Spirit, the impossible becomes flesh. 
when we partner with the Holy Spirit, the impossible becomes an earthly manifestation. What impossible is showing up manifesting in your life this year? What impossible is manifesting in your life this year because you chose to partner with God? What impossible thing is showing up for you because you chose to partner with God? Go ahead and make the confession. Say, I am blessed, I am ready, and I win. So our fundamental understanding is this. I cannot, in my own efforts, complete that which was begun by God. I cannot, in my own efforts, complete that which was begun by God. In Christ, I am ready, but in myself, I am unprepared. If you walk away and that's all you get from tonight, then baby, you got something good. In Christ, I am ready, but in myself, I am unprepared. I am not capable of bringing to pass the thing that God has begun. What has God begun? In Genesis 1 and 26, it tells you that he created man, right? And he gave us dominion and authority and told us to replenish, subdue, and multiply. In Jeremiah 1 and 5, he talks about how he's known us, right? And so he has prepared a life for us, right? He has prepared a life for us. And in ourself, we cannot complete the thing that he has started. We got to depend on God. And here's the thing that I, I, I know some of y'all are smart. I know some of y'all are really crafty, okay? Some of y'all got a solution to everything, but let me help you. Let me help you right here. God doesn't need your help. He doesn't need your extra. He doesn't even need your opinion. He simply needs you to trust him enough to respond to his word. I'm going to say it again for you. God doesn't need your help. He doesn't need your extra. He doesn't need your opinion. What he needs is you to trust him enough to respond to his word. That's what God needs. Go to Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. Let me tell you in the word where it says, don't, you don't got to believe me. You just trust the word. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you not to abandon you, plans to give you the future you hope for. Now, how's God going to give me the future that I hope for? Because God, God has given me a heart. He said, the Bible tells us to, uh, that we have let God create in us a clean heart and a right spirit. He tells us, let this mind be in us that's also in Christ Jesus. So how is God going to give me the future that I hope for? Because I'm going to adopt the heart that God has for me. And in adopting the heart that God has for me, I begin to hope for the same things that God wants me to have in my life. Verse 12 says this, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I listen. When you come looking for me, you will find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Oh, hallelujah. You can clap right there. God says when you get serious about looking for me, when you get serious about finding me and you don't want it and you want it more than anything else, he says, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. So but that's why he that's why he tells us over in Jeremiah, don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Just don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Why? Because there's no disappointment in obedience. Selah, there's no disappointment in obedience. When I search out God, Matthew 6 and 33, when I seek God, when I seek him, right, more than anything else, right, 
He's going to add everything that I need. He says, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Hallelujah. That's good. I'll turn things around for you. <clears throat> I bring you back from all the countries into which I drove you. God's decree bring you home to the place from which I sent you off into exile. You can count on them. That's what God said that he's going to do. There's no disappointment in obedience. There's no disappointment in obedience. And you're like, well, Ralph, well, I wanted to have sex and, and, and God told me not to and I didn't do it. I felt disappointment. That's not a kingdom feeling anyway. That's your flesh. There, there, there's no disappointment in obedience. And, sin, and this is what I'm saying. To have sex isn't in line with what the kingdom wanted you to do anyway because he ain't your man or she ain't your woman. Right? That, that wasn't in line. And so what we want to do is always bring our earthly senses into kingdom activities. I mean, no, that's not what you do. There's no disappointment in obedience. Obedience always propels you into the fulfilled, finished work of God. But what happens is, there's no disobedience in obeying God, right? Uh, what happens is, we feel disappointed. That's just your flesh trying to convince you to come over to the other side. That's all that is. That's just, that's just the earth. But there's no disappointment in obedience. There's no disappointment in obedience, all right? And so let's keep going, moving. So uh, you got to understand that you were never created to live, lead your own life. You were never created to lead your own life. Your leading leads to failure. When I lead my life, it always leads to failure. Jeremiah 17 and 5, curse is a man that making flesh his arm. In other words, and power to fail is the man that depends on his own thinking. And power to fail is the man that lives by the world's ways. I don't care what's going on in the economy. I don't care that inflation has rose more in the last year than ever. If God told you it's okay to spend it, spend it. But if God told you to save it, save it. You don't make decisions based off what you see in the world. You don't live in this world. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. So why in the world are you making all your decisions based off what you see in a world that you're only an ambassador in? When our ambassadors leave United States and they go to other countries, they're not over there making decisions based off what the country that they're in is doing. They're making decisions based off the country in which who have sent them to be an ambassador. So as an ambassador of God, I don't live in this earth making decisions based on what the earth is telling me. I make decisions based off the place in which I reside and that is heaven. That's the kingdom of God. But some of us have become so carnal and some of us have allowed the world to infiltrate our minds so much. And some of us have went back to the storage unit and said, God, I know you could have seven units, but now I'm reducing you to three units. So seven out of the 10 belongs to the world. So now I'm making decisions on the way that the world's making decisions. Now I'm making decisions 
the way my coworkers are making decisions. Now I'm making decisions based off the divorce rate. I'm making decisions based off the economy. I'm making decisions off interest rates. I'm making decisions off banks telling me no. I'm making decisions off the fact that, that whatever is happening, that's what I'm making my decision off. But baby, don't forget, you're only an ambassador. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. Be ye renewed is what Romans 12 tells us. Be ye renewed. So like Father Abraham, we got to choose to trust God more than we choose to trust what we see with our natural eyes. We got to choose to trust God more than what we feel, choose to uh, believe with our senses. Galatians 3 and 6 said, I mean, Galatians 3 and 6, it talks about Abraham chose to respond to God, caused him to live the exact life that God desired for him to live. Abraham's choice to respond to God caused him to live the exact life that God desires. Therefore, Excuse me. Therefore, he had all his needs met in abundance, as well as meeting the needs of the kingdom. You transition from just enough to not enough to just enough to more than enough by obeying God. Abraham chose to believe God. He chose to respond to God. He chose to say, God, I'm ready. What was the indication that he ready? He believed and he was willing. And those who chose to respond like Father Abraham will also be blessed, they will also be ready, and they will also win. But the problem, what we got to understand is this, all right, as we got, we have 48 minutes. I'm try, I try to keep midweek in the hour. The problem that we have with operating faith like Father Abraham is this, there's always another choice. It, 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 and that other choice, choice is fear, all right? If fear was not present, then we'll all operate in faith. If fear wasn't present, we'll all operate in faith. But because fear is present, then we don't always operate in faith. We will always believe God and we will never doubt if fear wasn't present. We will always be ready if fear wasn't present. But because we doubt and don't use faith, we prevent the blessing from operating in our life. Because we doubt and we don't use faith, we find ourselves unprepared. And when the blessing cannot operate in our lives, then what God has desired to make right in our lives is prevented from taking place. So though God has called you ready, then the preparedness and the suitable, being suitable for action doesn't take place. It doesn't manifest because you have allowed fear to be dominant in your life instead of believing God and operating in faith. All right, y'all can think about it. Oh, there it is. If fear was not present, then we'll all believe we would. So we become the opposite of ready when we operate in fear. We become unprepared. Galatians 3, verses 11 through 12 says this. The person who believes God is made right by God. Made right, and so made right by God. So ask yourself, who makes you right? Who justifies you? Who makes you ready? Not you. It's God. God made you ready. And as long as you respond to the word of God, you will always be ready. You, you don't, I mean, right now, right now, you could not be ready for that new house. And you could, and, and then, and you could hear a word from God and you could be ready in, a, in, in the next second. And see, so many of us are looking like, well, I don't got enough money. Well, my credit score is not high enough. Well, the bank told me no. 
Well, my husband don't make enough money. Well, it don't take all that. Be like Mary. Mary's, Mary never had sex with a man. You don't think the Holy Spirit can come up on the bank? You don't think the Holy Spirit can come up on money? But see, this is where I had to go back. And I said, being ready is not about being prepared alone, right? Sometimes the Holy Spirit is telling you, don't charge that. Save that money. Go to that bank, right? Those are all things that make you suitable for action. Right. I wish my kids were awake right now. They sing that all the time, Pastor Ava. Holy Spirit, activate. Ava just be sitting at the table. All of a sudden, I Holy Spirit, activate. A lot of times, it's not that the Holy Spirit ain't activated. It's just you ain't listening. You're being stupid, right? You're just shedding out. And I talk about myself. I have been stupid, and, and, and my, my acts of stupidity are decreasing as I allow the word of God to penetrate my heart. Because what? What did the word say? The Bible says, I mean, I can't say the Bible says this, but the word drives out all foolishness, right? When we allow, when we spend time in the word, it drives out all foolishness. Stupidity is just a part of foolishness. And so what you we got to understand is that God has made us right. God has made you ready. God has made you blessed. And God has made you victorious. It is nothing you have done. And so I just got to accept the victory. And accepting the victory looks like a life change sometimes, like it did Mary. I mean, she accepted victory by having Jesus who became the salvation, I mean, the, our Savior, right? So sometimes healing looks like changing the way you eat. Sometimes healing looks like changing the way you exercise or starting to exercise. Sometimes healing looks like less Cokes and more water. Sometimes healing means shedding your mouth and not saying everything you feel to your spouse. Some, that's what better marriage looks like sometimes. Sometimes having a better marriage just looks like saying, I'm sorry, even though you didn't do nothing wrong. Sometimes having a better marriage means that you spend time reading about, finding mentors, and getting information about having a great marriage instead of just sitting there with your friends who'd have been divorced three times. Because, wow, that's stupid. They don't know how to be married. They've been divorced three times. That's who you call for advice? That's stupid. Right. But that's what we do. Right. We calling our broke friends talking about how we going to get some money. We, 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 we out here talking to our sinning friends on how you're going to stop having sex. Well, they still having sex. How are they going to tell you how to stop? Right. And the man they sleeping with ain't they husband. But but that's who you looking for for advice. And so. When we do things like that, when we don't give God permission to have the whole storage unit, all 10 out of the 10 units available, then we leave ourselves open for our heart to pull us into situations that we don't desire to be in. Why? Because we're drawn away by the lust of our own flesh. All right. So what we got to understand is you cannot work your way into, ble to, into the blessing of God. Neither can you work yourself into being ready. You simply believe God. You believe God. If, it is e if it's that easy, why don't we do it? All right. You're like, well, if it's that easy, Ralph, why don't everybody do it? I think Will Smith summed it up best in his movie, After Earth. He said this, fear is not real. 
It is a product of thoughts you create. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is real, but fear is a choice. Fear is a choice. Fear is not real. Fear is a choice you make. All right, look at this quote. I think I put it in there. It says, it is this choice to consider a future different from what God has desired that causes us to respond in fear, not in faith. It is the choice to consider a future different from what God has desired that causes us to respond in fear and not in faith. Danger, that's right, Pastor Evan. Danger is real. Fear is not. It's a choice you make. Yeah. And, and, and what we do is we believe the only way that you willingly choose to lay down or to openly object God is because you consider a future different from the one that God desires for your life and you think it's good. Nobody's ever out there choosing what's bad for them, not on purpose. In your mind, you have made the thing that's meant to be bad for you, good for you. And because in your mind, though it's bad for you, you've made it good for you, you identify with it. Therefore, you abandon God and all his goodness for your life. And you change the thing that God wanted for you to have, the abundance. And you instead, you receive lack and you call it good. Why? Because in your mind, you have chosen a life different from what God wants for you, but you have identified that thing as good. That's why, that's how you can abandon. That's how you can abandon your virginity. That's how you can abandon uh, 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 so many things, right? You can abandon your marriage. You can abandon your kids. You can even abandon your own self. Why? Because you, in your mind, you have chosen a life and can call it good when it's bad. It is the choice to consider a future different from what God has desired that causes us to respond in fear, not in faith. Why do we do this? Because it's because it's often easier. Man, y'all put this one up here. It's, it's it's easier. This is how God. This is God talking to me. So if I, I ain't talk, if I'm talking to y'all hard, just suck it up. It'll be alright. But but this is how I talk to myself, and this is how the Spirit talked to me. He says, Ralph, it's easy. It's often easier for you to align with past experiences than to create new ones. And, and if you go study research, if y'all go back to the series on the power of imagination, it tells you that your subconscious mind is not interested in creating new pathways. What it tries to do is use the old ones over and over and over again because it doesn't want to expend the energy to create new ones. And that's why it takes days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks to create new habits, right? Why? Because you're creating new pathways. You're tearing down old thinking. Your synapses are joining to create new pathways within your brain. That takes time. And that's why a lot of us are so, not us, because it ain't me no more. A lot of people are easy. It's easier for you to, put that quote back up there if you don't mind saying it. It's easier to align with past experiences and create new ones. It's easier for you to be broke than go after wealth. It's easier for you to break up every relationship than to work something out. It's easier for you to call your kids bad than for you to teach them how to be good. It's 
easier for you to quit that job every time to deal with the fact that you you're present everywhere you go. It ain't them, baby. It's your fault you getting fired. It's your fault you getting laid off. It's your fault that you don't got money. It's your fault. Now I'm not saying it's your fault because I want you to feel bad, but I'm saying until you identify that you your own problem, then you always gonna be blaming other people. And as long as you blame other people for the situation that you are in, then now there, there's nobody uh, to take responsibility. And because you fail to take responsibility, you will always terrorize, destroy, antagonize, and remove yourself from anything good God wants for you and other people try to do for you because you're your own problem. Because your past experiences are so dominant that they're not letting you uh, create new ones. The future you think you may have is no more real than the future God says you can have. The manifestation of either would depend on which you choose to respond to. So when I'm saying I'm ready, I'm saying, God, I choose to respond to the future you have for me. I choose to respond to the future you have for me. I choose to respond to the future you have to me. Why? Because it takes the same amount. Of, I mean, it. I mean, you you got to spend time meditating on the word. Why? Because that allows you to create a new future. It allows you to see something different. All right. So as we're going to go over a little bit tonight, because I'm going to finish. I'm almost done anyway. It says the future you think you may have is no more real than the future God says you can have. So the fact that you see yourself broke, that's no more real than the fact that you can see yourself abundant. The fact that you see yourself sick is no more real than the fact that you can see yourself uh, healed. It's all about where you spend your time. I don't wake up thinking about whether I'm going to get shot dead tomorrow because of a drug deal going bad. Why? Because I don't I don't do drugs, number one. I'm not a drug dealer. And that's not something that my mind wanders off to because I'm not in that environment. It's just not. Now, you know, something I do have to work with and I do have to confess over is the generational stuff that happened in my family with people with high blood pressure and all that stuff. I take time to make sure why. Because sometimes my mind tries to wander there, right? It had my, my mind tries to take me to a place that impacts my future. And it says, Raph, you may die earlier. Raph, you may get sick. Or Raph, this may happen. And so what I got to do is realize in my mind, that's just fear. And fear isn't real. Fear is a choice. So I got to choose to say, am I going to believe what, what, what my mind is telling me or I'm going to believe what the word is saying? But that's the problem. You don't spend time in the word. You can't believe something you ain't spent time with. I, Pastor Evan said right now, Ralph, I'm going to be at your house tomorrow morning at nine. And let's say I need to go to the doctor. April was busy, right? And, and, and she couldn't take me. And nobody else in Central Arkansas could take me. Pastor Evan said, hey, I'll be at your house at night. I'm going to go to sleep and sleep well and not even think about it. When I walk, I'm going to wake up, get dressed at 845. I'm going to be expecting him to ring my doorbell or call me saying he's outside. Why? Because over time, through intimacy with knowing him, I, he has proven himself to be tried and true. 
right? But what we haven't done is spent time with God and his word to prove himself to be tried and true. So when God gives you the word that this is your year to make six figures, when God has given you the word that this is a year to double your savings, when God gives you the word that this is the year for healing to manifest, you haven't spent enough time sitting with that word. Therefore, the reality that's most real to you is the one that's based off fear and your reality of the fact that you broke and the reality of the fact that you sick and the reality that the fact that you still live in an apartment, apartment, and that's what you choose to believe. I can't get a, I can't, I can't make six figures this year. I mean, who's going to hire me? I mean, how am I going to get a down payment for a house or who's going to approve me for a loan or whatever? Why? Because you're making choices based off the dominant information that you're inputting into your life. That's why I can't expect to get results the same way Chris or Sarah gets results. Depending on the depth of the, the wickedness, right, of thinking that I have concerning a subject matter, I may have to spend more time in the word for that word to undo that wicked thinking so that I may walk in the ability and, and the stature and the power that God has for me concerning that area. All right. So here's an example for you. How many of you are afraid of your past? Anybody here afraid of your past? Probably not. Why? Because your past is what? In your past. But check this out. Your past can't hurt you, but if you can't, but if you cause yourself to think about it, it will impact your future. Your past can't hurt you. But it does impact how you how you see the future. When you reflect on your past, you talk about your past. You confess about your past. And then guess what shows up? Your past. So some of you need to quit replaying all that hurt. Some of you need to quit replaying all the people that that, that messed up on you. So see, I hear that, Lord. Some of y'all can't have successful relationships because you won't trust God. You still replaying when boo hurts you. When Boo Boo walked out on you, when Boo cheated on you, and every good thing that comes into your life, uh, you can't even trust them because you still replaying your past. Listen, when you trust God, He'll protect you. I don't gotta trust people; I just trust God because God will tell me who good people and who not. Now I'll let you sit on that one for a little while. You you. If you trust God, God, God isn't going to let somebody come in your life and, and hurt you. That's not what God does. God already knows. So, so, but what you're doing because you're because you're being a historian, historian, you're bringing up all these past events that happened in your life. You, yeah, your other pastors hurt your feelings. Now you don't want to go to church, so you're just gonna give up on everything, right? Nope. I mean, you didn't. You don't do that in every area of your life. We really choose to be historians in areas that we really don't want to participate in the first place. Because how many times you went to McDonald's and they gave you bad food? You didn't quit McDonald's. How many times you went to uh, to your favorite restaurant, right? And they, they didn't give you the best food every time, but you didn't stop going. How many times did you do X and, and it didn't work out, but you didn't stop doing X? Why? Because really... You only want to quit on the things you want to quit on. And some of y'all don't go to church. Some of y'all don't want to pastor. Some of y'all don't want to submit to leadership. Some of y'all don't want other people in your business. You don't want to have a tame your team because honestly, your pride don't want you to let you do that. Why? Because you don't want to. 
And when you're honest with yourself, when you're metacognitive, you start thinking like, you know what? You're right. You're right. When, when my friends stole my money because I came to my house, I didn't stop letting friends come to my house. Did you? But one, one preacher did something with the money that was wrong. Now all preachers bad. You lying. You just, you just doing that because you want to. Let's just tell the truth. You doing that because you want to. You doing that because you want to. You're choosing to be historians in the areas you don't want to be right in anyway. That's what you're doing. Right? And I'm just talking to you the way that I talk to myself and the Lord talks to me. Like you making a conscious, uh, let me be more real with you. You're making a fully conscious, you're fully aware, your, your choice to go against God and choose to embrace what happened in your history so that you can create fear, so that you can create a future that looks different and you walk in it because you call it good. Oh, I'm protecting myself against men. I'm protecting myself against the church because, you know, them pastors, man, all they want is your money. All they want is that. But you ain't never complained to Walmart because they want your money. You ain't never complained to uh, to, to the mall because they want your money, right? You ain't never did nothing. You ain't ever quit on education because you had a bad instructor. There are so many things I can name. How many times did you quit on the utility company because they did something bad to you? They charged you more money than they should have charged you. They made you pay an extra fee, but you didn't quit on them. You know why? Because you chose not to. In the same way you chose not to be a historian in those areas, you can be free when it comes to the church. You can be free when it comes to people. You can be free when it comes to relationships. You can. So you reflect on your past. You talk about your past. You confess your past, which will happen again. And guess what? It does. So you got to start confessing something new. That is why God created confession, right? It gives you the ability to begin to mold the future God has always intended you to have by speaking into existence the things that God wants you to have. That's why confession is so important. Hearing yourself say it with your inner ear begins to build confidence or faith in a vivid image of what your future will become. That's why I got to hear myself say, Ralph, you're the blessing, highly favored. Ralph, uh, you're the lender and not the borrower. Ralph, you're healed. Ralph, the general, the curses that was on your family, they stopped. That you you will not die, die young. You will have a great marriage. Your kids will grow up and be obedient. Ralph, their college will be paid for. Ralph, you, you got to hear yourself telling yourself that. Why? Because in your inner ear, your inner man, your spirit man is beginning to build confidence. Is beginning to create a vivid image of what the future will look like. And before you realize it, the future that God wants for you will be so vivid and so real that you won't consider anything else different. That's why I can say I'll never be broke another day in my life because it's vivid to me that it is not the intent of the Lord to call me into something, into his kingdom and not take care of me. I've sowed way too many seeds to be broke again. I've sowed way too many seeds to be without again. I've sown way too many seeds to come up lacking. Why? That's what the Lord has promised. So this is what you need to do. You cannot confess a brighter future if you do not have the knowledge of what it's supposed to look like. 
You cannot confess a brighter future if you do not have the knowledge of what it's supposed to look like. You must take the time to reprogram your mind by creating a new and better experience that's based off the word. That's how we get to the point that we're ready. How am I ready? Because I believe and I'm willing. How do I become believing and willing? I got to trust the person that sent them. Mary trusted the angel and so did Joseph. Noah trusted it. Noah trusted it, right? So how do you do that as we wrap up? How do I create a new image? I spend time reading the word, right? You spend time listening to the word. You spend time meditating on the word. You spend time talk about, talking about and digesting the word. You spend time living out the word. You got to do all those. You're like, well, all they got to do with the word. Well, absolutely. That's how you frame your future. The, <laughs> you frame the worlds are framed by the words, right? That's how you frame your future. You frame your future with the word of God. All right. I love that. I'm, I'm my my studio T preacher. It says, for I am in the midst of all concerning thee, for these are the days I have prepared for you, prepared you for, right? Other words, he says, you ready. You are blessed. You are ready and you shall win. It says, I am the Lord your God. And if you regard my words, I will take you farther than you'll ever know. And that's what tonight was about. That's what I will say. When I, when I read the word and it says, I am blessed, I am ready, I win. I'm like, God, what does it mean to be ready? And so hopefully I help you guys, I share with you what I'm studying on what it means to be ready. Mean, being ready means I believe God and I'm willing to allow him to do and be exactly who he said he's going to be. And then I got to deal with all those little th nuances that we talked about throughout the message tonight. So I'm so thankful that you chose to worship with us tonight. I know it went a little longer than than I had planned, but you know what? That's all right. We watch TV shows and movies and binge watch stuff way longer. There's no no earth spiritual good for our lives. So you guys hang on real quick. Don't hang up. Let's go over the announcements. Uh, you guys know that today is Wednesday, so the next opportunity to join us is Friday. All right, 6:30 a.m. for Champion Circle Prayer. And then uh, on Sunday mornings, join, join Pastor Chris and Elder Valley for uh, Kristen Valley Worship. Make sure that you like, follow, uh, and love her page, uh, Kristen Valley Worships. Uh, after that, you can transition right over to Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean uh, with Sunday Celebration uh, on, our, on the same channels you're on right now. So just join us back here Sunday at 930. Monday, you jump over to Sean Strickland and Sean Strickland and uh, Sean Strickland, Sean Dennis Strickland uh, for strategies for success at 12 noon. And then Tuesday night, we got prayer at 8 p.m. And don't forget, guys, Wednesday, all right? We do refresh, but your team's got it going with Victory Zone, right? Uh, and don't forget on demand. Man, I was so, if your kids hasn't, haven't gone to see and done the uh, Victory Zone lesson reset, have them do it. Man, it's about the kids. Oh man, I'm a Zacchaeus. I'm, I'm messing up the word, but anyway, he, you know, he was robbing people and all of that, and he went to the king and everything. And and Amen, Aiden was talking about it, and I was like, well, God, I was like, Aiden, why, why did, why did, why did he get to get a reset? Why did he get a redo? He said, 
because God said that everybody deserves another chance. And then the follow up question was like, what what area in your life will you work on this this year for a reset? He said, I'm going to work on my attitude. And I was like, praise the Lord, because we got to understand even at eight years old and six year old and four year old, which in my age of my kids, they're all pulling something away from that. So don't rob your kids of the word because it need, it's needed to establish a good future, right? And I was like, yes, Lord. Yeah, Pastor Evan. I was like, you sure enough need to reset. So go ahead and run in there to the Lord and get your re look at him. He's walking through there now smiling at me. Uh, so go ahead and get your uh, reset for that, all right? Now, next, ways to give. Give me a push pay, Tyler, text to give, or PayPal at focchurchnwa.com. Um, and church, FOC Church NWA at gmail.com. So make sure that you guys plug in. And, and lastly, if you don't know Jesus, your Lord and personal Savior, come home. All right. If you need prayer, contact one of our uh, prayer people uh, or message the church. Say, hey, you know what? I want to give my life to Christ. What do you got to do? You just got to accept him into your life as Lord. And, and, and believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead. And the Bible says you are saved. But now that you're saved, you need to run over there and become a virtual partner. Why? Because you need to get connected to a ministry that's going to teach you the word of God and teach you how to live God's best life. Sanctified, holy, set apart, that type of life. And you do that by going to focchurch.com and scrolling down to the page and completing that partnership form. And then you let us know that you want to partner with us. So I'm so glad that we got an opportunity to hang out tonight. You guys be blessed. Wear your mask. Uh, stay prayed up. Pray over your families. Pray over yourself. Pray over the partners. Pray over our leadership team and our pastors. Uh, don't just leave prayer to our prayer team. That ain't just their job. It's all of our jobs to pray for each other. All right. So make sure that you're doing that. Make sure you spend time worshiping God. Uh, and make sure you, because why? Worship is a great way to reset your mind, you know? Uh, so worship God and do a lot I, throughout the day. Take time to say, God, we, I remember. I remember when you brought me through this. Why? Because it all always, it makes us conscious of God's power, right? Think about all the miracles that were performed for the people when they were coming out of Egypt and all that he did for them. That same God then is the same God now. Miracles still happen. So guys, focus on that all right, as you go through and it'll energize you and it'll be wind behind you to help you keep going and help you stay in peace in your mind. All right. You guys be blessed. All right. Be blessed. Well, you are blessed. Remain grateful and stay hungry for the word. All right. Good night.